Ugh. Welcome, friends and scoundrels, to Werewolf Unchained. I'm Bran. Sarah. Robbie. I'm not participating. And Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Movies with My Monsters, and today we watch... Uh, Brothers Grimm. The Brothers Grimm. Which, it's not even a guilty pleasure. I just love this movie. Because it's enjoyable. It has some good parts. It is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Except for that one part. It was absolutely perfect, except for that one part. So, anyways, I made up some different questions to talk about. Because everyone loves a pop quiz. Pop quiz! There they are, kids' questions. So, why don't you two go ahead and Talk about what you thought about this movie. I thought it was, is pretty good. There wasn't. I didn't really have a scariest part. Wasn't very scary. I liked with the horse. I don't know why it, it was spiders, but I liked liked it with the horse. Yeah. Mhm. Mm that would definitely be my favorite part. Okay. Well, we haven't gotten that far yet. Jeez. <laughs> What else is there to talk about? All kinds of stuff. Uh, this is just your general impressions, though. I liked it, except for one part. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Any other generalities? No. Nope. Are you participating <laughs> or not? I told you I'm not participating. Fine. Well. <laughs> uh, I love this movie, like I said. I've been watching it for a long time. Never really considered it a scary or horror movie until I started thinking about it. And then I'm like, yeah, totally could be. With just a tone change. Uh, some considerable tone changes. A little bit, little bit of a different atmosphere. Tone down the comedy quite a bit. Ramp up the... The human bad guys quite a bit and uh, definitely music change like I would keep the same thematic elements of the music but when it's supposed to be scary obviously make it more ominous and then at the end when it's all happy and free and they've won but in the, I, like, I don't even know if I changed the story up a whole lot and overall I think it holds up well enough. Well yeah. enough. I mean, the CGI is kind of meh. Probably would have been better to just do practical effects. Probably would have been cheaper, too. For most of them. <laughs> For most of it, yeah. But, I mean, how hard is it to get a bunch of bugs running around and just digitally impose it on there instead of making stupid CGI ones? <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, do you think this was a good story? Yeah. Yeah. Just like Robbie, he said, I liked it except for one part. I don't know if we have the same one part, though. No, what we're talking about, though, the story. We're talking about the story. Yeah, it was good. Do you have anything to elaborate on with that? No. What about you, Robbie? What do you think of the story? I like it. That's it. It's supposed to be a conversation with all of us, not 
just me. And this time, Mommy. I like it, but then uh, fairy tale retellings are my favorite, and I do like dark fairy tales, too. And I like the dynamic of the Brothers Grimm and how they got their stories. Yeah, I like how all of them are incorporated, or at least the more popular ones. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting way to tell the story. Like the real world setting of it a little bit with the French growth. I'm not sure which war that is necessarily, but it's well the French Empire is expanding. Probably under Napoleon. I don't know. It's there, you can see it. Because the general does the yeah. Napoleon pose a lot. Even though he's not. No, uh, just overall a really fun movie. Really fun story. Told in a really fun way. Really fun. Really fun. <laughs> Did you guys think it was interesting? Yeah. How so? Um, I enjoy fairy tale retellings like Ake Mommy does. And it was executed really well. I like how they how they threw in multiple fairy tales. Uh I think it's interesting because I like food. He'll mix ups. Fairy tale retelling. Fairy tale mix ups. Because that had I don't think that's a thing. Well, fairy tales in it. It is. It's a mixture of all the grim fairy tales. It's a fairy tale salad. So it's Snow White, and there's some Cinderella in there, and Beauty and the Beast, and Rapunzel, and Little Red Riding Hood, Hansel and Gretel. But there's multiple, and some of them, they just sprinkle it in a little bit, like bread crumbs. Some <laughs> of them are much stronger elements of the story, like Snow White, it's Beauty and the Beast a little bit, Rapunzel, obviously. There's only one Snow White part, the witch wandering around with the apple. No, there's also the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall, my the fairest one of all. I did forget about that part. I thought you were talking about the Sleeping Children. That's Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah, Sleeping Beauty. I didn't mention that one. Oh, the Gingerbread Man. Mm, yep. But made out of mud. Kelpie. Getting into a little bit of otherworldly lore. What's the spiders, Grim? I didn't get the spiders. There's spiders in a lot of things, and they're just generally used to make things creepy and scary. Spiders are storytellers. But for the sake of this, I think it was just in there for being creepy. The crows, also. Maleficent. Maleficent. And did you say Little Red Riding Hood? Yes. Probably. Little Red Riding Hood. The Enchanted Forest. Yeah, because the horse eating, what's his name? It's not him. Her. It's, all, it's always girls for the spell. Oh. And I don't think we got her name. We did. I don't remember it. Which one? The one that was eaten by the horse. Elsie. Hmm. <laughs> and didn't you no, say that? Elsie. <laughs> and didn't you say a Frozen was a re probably a retelling of the Snow Queen? Yes. Mm. But Daddy's there's a little bit of There's a little bit of element there, too. The freezing of the water, yes. Not with the little and girl's name. Daddy's being ridiculous. And uh, the Huntsman with him in the cold. Um... So, do you think things were set up pretty well? Yeah. Yeah. Like what?
with the horse eating the spider and being able to shoot webs out of its mouth. Okay. Spider-less. <laughs> kind of like, like Spider-Man, but a horse. Like a spider horse? <laughs> yeah. Spider horse. <laughs> Super enchanted spider horse. <laughs> he Shoots spiders. the webs, eats the kids. <laughs> Um, any other examples that you guys can think of? I like how Will is trying to f figure out the spell while Jake is figuring out the spell. It's not Jake, it's Jacob. Uh, same difference. <laughs> but that's not a setup. Do you know what I mean by setup? No. I like how they set up. Uh, the brothers Grimm and where they are before the story happens, that they're charlatans. What is a charlatan? And that... Fraud. Fraudster. You should know this, but... Heath Ledger's character. Jacob. Jacob that's the one. Want, you, you can see that he wants to believe it's real, the way he takes notes about the stories that the people are telling. Probably embellishes it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> what I'm talking about with setup two is like the cross. How mm. in the beginning they show how they're able to light it on fire. I mean, they don't specifically show it, but it's used in the beginning. And then at the end, when he's fighting the general and it gets tossed up to him, you go, oh, I know what he's going to do with that. Yeah. First... And he lights it on fire and it causes a distraction and allows him to, spoiler, overcome the general. And I thought it was a flamethrower cross, but it lights itself on fire nope. instead of shooting fire. It's probably just got oil in it and they press a button and it ignites and... Is that how a lighter works? Similarly. A lighter has fuel on it, you press the button, the fuel goes up, ignites. It's very similar, yes. Also the setting up of the different stories. What are some other examples you can think of, Mommy? Of what? Really good setup and payoff. Uh... The springboards. The springboards doing the test with the catapult and how it wasn't enough, so he puts two and two together. So those are things that we mean by setup, is... They show you something earlier, and then later on, they're able to incorporate it in whatever they're doing. So, another good one is with um, Angelica. How we see her dad telling her the story, which sets up for the third act protagonist, antagonist, and gives us another element to the story that pays off very well. Like, mm. this is a very well-scripted movie. Mm. The mirror. How, uh, Will throws a rock at it to get Jacob to stop looking at it, and when it cracks, the wall cracks a little bit. Yep. Foreshadowing that her power is tied to the mirror. So, talking about those things, do you think that there's a, a lot of good setup and payoff in this movie? Yeah. I think it's a pretty I've solid been, script. I've got one thought with the magic beans. Beans where he when he when 
Um, I think it's whale grows the beans. I think that's how the forest sprouts. It's probably no, not. Because the forest is older than that. Because the witch has been up there for 500 years. I like how as part of their script acting is they pretend that the witch takes control of them and they're fighting each other and then at the end that's what actually happens. Mm. Also, the beans in the beginning probably aren't actually magical. So a charlatan gave Jacob the beans and they become charlatans later in life. So there's just a lot of really good setup and payoff and I'm going to say it again. Third time's the charm, or whatever. This is just a pretty solid script. They use a mirror against their fake witch in their beginning script, too. They don't break it, they just use it against her. Well, mirrors are kind of a, a theme, they also. Are. And their, their armor is very reflective, because you can talk about the reflective. Which brings us into themes. Let's talk about themes, since we're getting into it already. So, the mirrors, their armor is very shiny and reflective. Gets you to pay attention to them, but also because it's so shiny, are you actually seeing them or seeing what you want to see out of it and seeing yourself in that? Seeing yourself in it? Kinda. But also mirrors are a big thing in this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is me trying to help you guys understand themes a little bit. And one of the themes is that these two brothers need to be self-reflective of themselves and what they're doing individually and together. And they both start out at one point and end up at another. And a lot of that comes from them doing some inner searching. So essentially kind of like looking at a mirror and seeing their flaws and the things that they need to fix. Would you say that's a possible assessment of that theme? Yeah. So, what do you think are some other themes that might be present? I'm not sure. For some reason, it's hard for me to find themes in horror. Or maybe cool. it's movies, movies in general. Because I don't, don't have a problem finding it in books at school. It's a little, it can be a little bit more difficult to see it in a movie sometimes. Because it's more visual a lot of times. Like the mirrors. Also, another theme is the charlatan in the beginning that sells the beans them becoming charlatans and then not being charlatans anymore so it's like the beans within themselves sprouted it's also a big theme of belief things are not always what they seem the wolf that's the huntsman the queen the charlatans on that in the beginning when we first see what they're doing and we see the witch they use CGI to enhance the look of the witch and make it feel more ethereal to us, which is a projection from the movie that that's how the villagers and everybody sees it, that this is a real witch. But then, once the facade starts dropping, we see what it actually is. And we don't see a CGI-style witch anymore. We see an actual person dressed up as a witch. What about you, Robbie? Do you pick up on any themes? No. And that's okay. That's I'll help guide you guys on that. Mm. Playing off of yours too. With things not being what they seem, sometimes stories are true. Mm. And Magic sometimes the real. truth is a lie. And it's not a matter of whether or not you believe. Sometimes it's a matter of finding it. 
because Jacob believes all the way through from the time he's a little boy, even though his belief in magic led to his sister dying. But he maintains that belief. Mm, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about with that. But it's not a matter of him believing in magic that makes magic real. It's that there is magic in the world that is real, and it's a matter of them finding it. Because he believes in it. No. no. Not because he believes in it. It was there. It existed whether or not he believed in it or not. No, they find it because he believes in it. Well, it, no. Uh, you're trying to debate me that his belief is what helps them find the magic. But it's not. They just happen to stumble upon it. They do keep trying to rationalize it. They're on pulleys. There are strings. They're much better funded than we are. And that's all William, not Jacob. It's, it's the fact that sometimes things do exist whether we believe it or not. And the magic doesn't have to be literal magic, you know, waving a wand or enchantments or spells. Sometimes it's just belief in yourself. And the sometimes... things of ordinary people? And you have to find it sometimes for it to matter. Anyways, uh, where were we? How about the atmosphere? What did you think of the atmosphere? It was a little disturbing in the beginning. Well, around the middle-ish, beginning-ish, I don't know. Well, where exactly? But it was disturbing at mm. one point. Because you've got a double cold open. Because I don't think the movie actually starts until they're taken into custody by Cavaldi. So, disturbing. Anything else? And, and like, generally speaking, the music, other sounds, lighting. Do you think in moments when it was supposed to be creepier or disturbing that things were done well enough to establish that? Or, and keep in mind, too, this is also very heavy-handed on the comedy. This is a comedy first and a fantasy horror second. So it's intended to be more lighthearted. Robbie? Uh, what, what do you think of the atmosphere? Do you think it was done well? or? Uh, I think it was done well. Alright. Which scene stands out the most where all of those things I mentioned, the lighting, the sound, the music? Um, well, I only really had any lighting up. At the end, end part, right, with all the red, Edward, Edward, everything was red. Are you talking about under the eclipse? Yeah. That's that's a very surface level one. I can give you that because it does add a special level of creepy. I thought he was talking about the lighting at the very end where everything where it's comes much warmer. Up. Yes. And it loses the dark, grungy, gritty feel that it has beginning up until that point. It's almost like the clouds have parted and the sun is shining down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. Matt Damon even points it out to us. See that there? What? The sun? <laughs> this, this one is a little bit meta at times, too, <laughs> I suppose. Oh, what was I just thinking? As far as, like, the scary atmosphere, I think they could have helped it a little bit by tweaking the music or using music and a little bit more effectively. 
holding on to the scary moments just a little bit longer. I know it's a comedy first, so they pull back on it real quick. Yeah. And this is actually a really great one for children to get it started on. Because it is a little bit more lighthearted, but you, there's still plenty to be scared of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's some man. really creepy stuff in this movie. I think, for the most part, everything else was a little... Was more on point with the actual setting of the movie. Again, the being a comedy, and then horror. Because uh, visually, it's got a dark grittiness to it that carries throughout, and the lighting is kind of dark, too, throughout the entire thing. Even in the daytime, it's got an overcast feel. But the musical always keeps this kind of whimsical quality to it that yeah. keeps the tone up. And it's, there's a few times where... I don't know if maybe we didn't have the sound up enough or whatever, but they're in the scary moments, it didn't seem like there was really much music at all. And you could have kept that same whimsical music, but slowed it down a little bit, maybe dropped it a octave or something. Get done a, like a music box quality, the creepy music box. Yeah, that would have helped a little bit more with some of the scary stuff. And that's on theme, creepy music box. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Now we'll get into the other questions, the ones you've been looking forward to. What are your favorite things? Uh, like I said in, in the beginning, I really like the horse. Horse one, with, and where it shoots out the spider webs. And I like fairy tale retelling things that have parts that are almost just li like the original thing, like in a book I just recently read. And Scarlet, it does the exact same thing. What big eyes you have, what big ears you have. So it uses the... Oh, what are those called? Common phrases. No. The iconic aspects. So those are the things that everybody knows, whether you've seen or read or whatever the story. They're what big eyes you have, what big teeth you have, what big ears you have. Not in the right order at all. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so in what ways do you think the horse scene was executed well? Uh, I feel it was executed well because of that, and it was set up. Because really. of what? Uh, the, the thing we were talking about with, with the what big eyes you have, what big ears you have. But how does that play into, because we didn't establish where, what um, story the horse actually comes from, other than maybe Kelp, Kelpie lore. And I don't think you're familiar enough with that. No. I think it is Kelpie's, because the horse is calling to her a little bit, right? That's what wakes her up. So, Kelpies, uh, I think they're most prominently known in Irish lore. Maybe Welsh, Celtic. They, I mean, they spread out through quite a few cultures, but I think they're most commonly known with Celtic lore. It's essentially a water horse, or a horse that lives in the water, and it would call out to children to lure them to the riverbed or the bank, and they would eat them. 
That fits, too, considering the children are then transported through water. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, do you think it was set up well enough with him randomly walking up and feeding the horse spiders? Uh, that was a little random, but but I don't see how it could be set up, really. Right. It... I think it's something that they're just like, this would be really cool to put in there. And that's okay. It's okay to do that. And him walking up and feeding the spiders to the horse is a little bit random. But they are in the forest. Everything surrounding that is set up decently enough. Because it's not like he just meandered into town and fed the horse spiders. That would be more weird. Yeah. And you'd be like, why is he doing this? This doesn't make any sense other than, you know, we need to get this girl. But because they're already there in his environment, with the spiders, you don't in think it. about it as much. Ooh, that might have even been better. Just have the spiders fall on the horse. But because it's in his natural environment, it doesn't stand out as much. What about you, Robbie? Um. What was your favorite thing? Well, I really have two, but the first one. Is about spider horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about it? Um, I like like it because uh, it gives more comedy to me because it's funny watching them ride in made outfits. It's on a horse. Hmm. Together. Yeah. Yeah. So you like it because it's funny because the brothers are dressed up like maids. Yeah. <laughs> and they're riding on a horse together. No. And do you think that's something that makes sense for that? Do you think it's set up well? Uh, yeah, cause his horse leaves, so he has to share a horse with, um, Will. Well, more specifically, them being dressed up as maids. Do you understand what's going on there? Uh, no, not really. Well, it's, it's, are you going to say something? It's because when we first meet the Cavaldi character, he's a mean guy, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. He tortures people, he enjoys torturing people, and doing mean things to them. So what else are they doing as, while they're dressed up as maids? Are they just dressed up, or are they doing stuff? They're doing stuff. Uh, they're doing stuff. What stuff? Uh, cl like cleaning the floor. What else happens in that scene while they're dressed up as maids cleaning the floor? Uh, to... He calls them a Cinderella. I don't know. That's in there. What about food? Uh, they don't get any food, but he he gets the food and he takes it over to them. And puts... And teases them. And he teases them. So, it's set up well because we know that he delights in making people feel bad, right? He's famous for it. So, dressing them up as maids is degrading to them, even though they seem to be enjoying it. <laughs> that was when I made the comment about William uh, taking on a character... Even though it's not his character. <laughs> he is. Uh, when 
Cavaldi first captures them and he wakes them up from their drunken rout, he is wearing a lady's bonnet then, too. Yeah, that's for different reasons, though. <laughs> it is for different reasons. But it's another thing that's actually kind of set up. And, uh, um, and another thing about when they're riding the horse in the maid suits, the maid suits are white and the horse is white. Yeah. So it looks like a triple-headed headed centaur. I suppose. <laughs> Alright, you said there was another one that you liked. And, um, I also like the guy that, uh, switches from wolf to, uh, human. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty fun. I do like that the wolf and the huntsman are the same. Oh, big bad, well, he would be the big bad wolf to Little Red Riding Hood. Just some other random things that popped into my head. Pigs. Quite a few pigs shown throughout. They don't really play into anything. I think it's just like an Easter egg. And there's a little bit of werewolf lore in there, too. Yeah. Do you have any favorite parts there, Mommy? Uh, the counter charm of the woodman's axe. Do you want to elaborate on that? I don't have to guide you. <laughs> I thought it was pretty self-explanatory. I like that the woodman's axe is a counter charm to the attacking woods that... It allows him safe passage through, probably as a minion of the queen. Probably. Yeah. Though there's a way you could play with that to show him using it as a counter charm. And then when they get the axe, it doesn't work. That would have been fun. <laughs> but it is nice, too, that the charm stays on the axe, not just the counter charm to the woods, but the throwing of the axe. Because that comes back to pay off for Jacob. I like this story as a whole. I just love this movie. I like the use of comedy in it. I like the use of horror in it. I like how it plays on the more... Or on the original aspects of the stories. Because they weren't like the Disney stories that you guys are probably used to. They were much darker and much meaner. And it just, it's its a very well-told story. I don't know why it doesn't have higher ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably just the CGI. <laughs> but I mean, this movie is very aware of what it is and does it well. Actually, who directed it? Um, I'm going to move this on. Least favorite things. Least favorite things. This one's my least favorite because it's disturbing. And well, what, what is it? it is, uh, the kitten scene where Shimaldi kicks the kitten and it gets shredded to pieces. Well, it's made maybe even worse based on the fact that he's startled by it, which is a comedic scene, followed by a gruesome scene. Is that it? Yeah. Is there anything else to explore there? I'm distracted. What about you, Robbie? What's your least favorite? My least favorite part is also with the kitten. For the same reasons? Oh. No, nice. actually, because it's, it's just really sad. It's really sad? I suppose it is sad. 
I'm distracted by the comedic element, the the comedic element to it, because it's even followed up with a comedic element where a piece of meat hits the general in the face, and looks like the French mole, <laughs> and then he eats it. It's very funny. It's funny before and funny after and sick in the middle. <laughs> oh gosh! Now that you just explained what happened. And then the a part after the kitten, it kind of makes it a little more disturbing. It because does. Because he eats it. It's okay, though, because it wasn't even a real kitten. It was a CGI kitten. What? I don't like the part where Sasha wipes her eyes mm, off. With the gingerbread man? Yes. Yeah, that part's gruesome. It's very body horror-esque. Yeah, that part gave me a tummy ache. <laughs> Um, it's definitely not what I was expecting. My least favorite part is the use of CGI because I remember watching this movie close to when it first came out and it looked fantastic. Now, it doesn't. And it's definitely a place where practical effects would have been so much better. And that's funny because this movie was directed by Terry Gilliam, who, mind you, most of his movies are cult favorite movies. But there's, oh, he's probably one of those ones like, what's his name from Cabin in the Woods, who's like, yeah, I'm never working practical effects again. Lazy. Uh, just would have held up a little bit better and maybe would have looked a little bit creepier. It's harder to work like tree vines and stuff around in the same way with practical effects. So I could maybe understand that a little bit, but practical effects are always better. Yes, they are. Always. Always. All right. Uh, favorite characters? Um, I like Cavaldi. Mostly because of his story arc. <laughs> How he goes from being this bad person. I mean, to us, the audience, he doesn't seem that bad. Because we don't really see a whole lot. But I don't necessarily like him as a person. It's just, his growth is the strongest. I'm not making a face that you're liking him oh. as a person. I'm making a face <laughs> at the fact that you like his growth because that's my least favorite part because it's so rushed. Same. Uh. You see it sprinkle in a little bit. And it's almost like he's a charlatan himself who goes over the top with his torture to make him seem make himself seem more intimidating. It's just it's fun. I like his growth and development as a character. How he goes from being the super bad guy to being a bad good guy. Cuz he doesn't actually change in personality. He just changes sides but it's not like it's it's not terribly forced it does sprinkle in little things here and there anyways um uh, my plus it's boring when you like the people you're supposed to like <laughs> um draco my <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry okay my favorite character is the um uh Guy who goes like, ugh, while he's going in this thing. It's not even a spear, actually. It's just a flag. Mm. 
that random character at the end? Yeah. <laughs> he's not at the end. He's through the entire I, movie. But he's just part of the background for most of it. He's just so funny. <laughs> Sarah? Um, I agree with, with Robbie. He stands out because of all the makeup on him and the white wig. That's part of, part of, part of what got my attention. And also, just funny moments, unexplained. That's kind of fun. I like that bag because it's it's more subtle funny rather than as in your face funny as the rest of it is. It's like Cavaldi and because Cavaldi's comedic scenes are very overt. They're just right there in your face. What about you, mommy? Who's your favorite character? Either Heath or Cersei. Angelica would be my second favorite. Maybe even favorite. Just because she's awesome. I do love her. Not like I love Emily Blunt, but I do love her. <laughs> <laughs> Lena Hetty is always a win. Do you have any reason why? Uh, Other than you love those actors? No, I, I like... Uh, Heath's character because I like his innocent beliefs. His childlike wonder? Yes, I like his childlike wonder. Okay. Period. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> Period. Uh, least favorite character. You want to go ahead and start this one off? My least favorite is Cavaldi. Not the character himself necessarily. Uh, because he's fine. He is what he is. I don't like the progression of his story arc uh, because he's the world famous torturer up until the scene with Sasha and then just like that it's a complete switch flip there's no little hints that you think are there you're imagining them in his floundering idiocy but he wants to torture and kill the Grimms and then suddenly he's upset that they're injured and putting his own life at risk to save them, it's just such a drastic flip in so short amount of time. I get it. It's gotta be. It's a movie taking place over a couple of days. I get it. It has to be. I don't like it, but that's the thing I hate most in books, too. It's yeah. my pet peeve. The so, character that has a strong arc, but it's done too quickly? Yes. <laughs> I don't like a rushed arc. Next. Um, uh, my least favorite character is Cavaldi. <laughs> Why don't you like him? Um, because he killed the kitten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree with Robbie and mommy. Not for the kitten. Uh, like mommy, he said. Uh, he changes sides. So quickly. I mean, you see it a little bit. It, you see a little him changing a little bit once, but but it's not really shown um, throughout. It's just after Sasha, you see his hesitation, and not necessarily because he's become a good guy, but now he suddenly believes that the forest is what's attacking, and that the children are still out there because he saw what happened with Sasha. So he couldn't deny it anymore. 
I don't know, it's hard to say without knowing his full story. Because he could have been somebody that was conscripted or whatever and is doing it because that's what he was told to do. And you do whatever you do the best that you can. Is it, his, his torture seems a little on par with the Grimm's being a little bit charlatan-esque. I mean, obviously he's really torturing people, but it's not necessarily that he actually wants to. I'll have to go find evidence for my case a little bit more. We'll argue about this later. Um, my least favorite character is probably Will. Matt? Yeah. Because he doesn't change until he actually has to. Until the truth hits him in the face so hard that he cannot deny it anymore. Character-wise, yes. As far as just that person, it would be Matt Damon. Cavaldi's character story is what I dislike. But yeah. just the character is Matt Damon because he's a bit of a... Well, he's the... Um, you and I talked a little bit about um, general horror movie tropes anyways. Very briefly with the uh, five teenager trope and trying to see if that fits anywhere. But he's the the hardcore skeptic in a lot of the supernatural movies. You guys wouldn't know that yet from Paranormal Activity, but there's other movies where they're just, they are so, this isn't happening, that it takes something actually happening to them for them to buy into it. I mean, Dan, maybe, from Paranormal 2. He's a bit of a word that I can't say because there's children present. Jerk. No, it had more letters than that. <laughs> Jerk face? There it is. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to leave a question out, maybe. Yeah. So what was the scariest part? I didn't have a scariest part, but there was definitely a most disturbing part. Well, that's part of scariest. Scariest doesn't mean it has to actually make you scared. The kitten part was definitely very disturbing, partly because it's a kitten, a white fluffy kitten, my favorite kind of kitten, but also because it gets shredded to pieces. Robbie? Um, my scariest part is when, uh, I don't remember if it's Lord Redingard or Han Han Hansel, no, not Hansel, Gretel? Snatches, uh, um, the scarf? Yeah. That's with Hansel and Gretel. And she chases it, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Why was that one scariest? Uh, cause, cause I imagine, cause I thought she was gonna get sucked through the tiny hole that her scarf was. Is it? Oh, so it's just a very well-built tension scene? Yeah. For you? And it's also a pretty... A part that reminded me about two things. It reminded me about Aladdin because of the flying carpet. And it also reminded me about when Mom was telling us stories in the car when we went to... um. 
wherever that place is. <laughs> I don't remember where it's at. When she told us about when she would go in graveyards and he would. Oh! Sm- yeah. Uh, and it also reminded me of that. Because that when it grabbed her scarf. I could see that. Open, she was talking about one who dad was. Would tease him with the branches? Yeah, and then they'd walk uh, through the low branches. And yeah. What about you, Mommy? What was your scariest part? Uh, the queen's fingernails. Those are disturbing. That's gross and nasty. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the gingerbread man. No, I talked about that already. I don't want to repeat myself. The fingernails. Gross and nasty. No thank you. Oh, the gingerbread man thing's probably the most disturbing thing to me. Couldn't, couldn't have had the huntsman take an axe to those? It's it's what made me want to bring this, guys to you, bring this movie to you guys to watch. Because it's lighthearted enough, but it's a scary enough movie, I think. Which brings us to the next point. Scary scale. How scared were you? Uh, are they scared at all? So, like a one? Yeah. One girl's give, face. <laughs> I'd give you a two, because there were a few times I heard you go, uh. <laughs> Maybe even a three. I might go around two or three, too, because it wasn't scary, really, but it was very, very, very disturbing. Mommy. I give it... I can't just give it a number. What are these? Screams? Booze? Ghosts? Spiders? I give it two spiders. Two spiders? I give it two spiders. I don't know. I haven't settled on a thing yet. I'd give it a two, even for me, because there are a couple of things in there that I'm like, oh, that's creepy. Isn't there a lot of... enough to bother me, but... Isn't there a lot of body horror in it? In what? Brothers Grimm. There's, There's a little bit of everything. So you've got possession, atmospheric, supernatural, gore, um, body horror. I don't know if you could really go cosmic with it. Cosmic's a hard one to nail down anyways. But it's got a little bit of everything for the most part. I think body horror stands out to me most because of blood. That's more gore than body horror. Mm. There wasn't even a lot in this. Just enough to make Cavaldi faint, because no one makes me bleed my own blood. That and the pinprick. Right. <laughs> All right, sign off. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, that's all for today. Not a very popular movie, but that's okay, because that's why we're here. Um, thanks for listening. Give us, give us a rating, share it around, those things if you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, toodles.